It's coming fast and furious now. Welcome back to Sports Talk, hour number two. Evan Cotton is in from the pen and onto the mound, and I'm Scott Beatty, and we have plenty of, well, at least round balls to discuss. You know, the smaller white ones that are baseballs and the implications (laughs) around that, and the bigger white ones that are volleyballs. I guess they kind of got stripes on them. And maybe some pigskin as well, as they call it. But trade deadline has come Imagine and gone. Imagine if they still made pigskin footballs. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm surprised we're even allowed to use that term. Yeah, but. so <laughs> yeah, the pigs are filing a grievance. <laughs> I don't even know what they're actually made of. Uh, but welcome into Sports Talk. What was all that hugging for? Apparently, Wilson Contreras not going anywhere. Neither is That's going to be Hap. awkward. And neither is Ian Happ. And the Cardinals are getting a left-handed starter. And there was much rejoicing. And they are shipping out Harrison Bader. One Cardinals fan, or at least Cardinals observer in this building, uh, <laughs> says no love lost <laughs> to Harrison Bader leaving. And uh, those are the some of the big things that impact area teams of interest. Meanwhile, the White Sox have done nothing. <laughs> but for for yeah, I mean, as a, a Cubs fan and a Cubs observer, that's what I've been locked into all day is where will Wilson Contreras be playing October baseball? And now it appears he won't be. And, and then you turn to, yeah, what the heck are the White Sox doing? For a long while, I went to the Cardinals and I wondered what the heck are they doing after they missed out on the Juan Soto sweepstakes. And then right before the wire, they sneak in there with a... a, a Pretty solid starting pitching pickup, something that they needed. He's not necessarily an ace or or somebody who's going to put you over the top in October, but he can steady the ship until October, and it'll it'll give you some innings there as well. So it it has been a a wild day. I I started to turn up the TV about 10 a.m. I figure "Eh, the West Coast wakes up about 8, and that's when GMs will start calling and saying, hey, you got to pack your stuff and move. So, And and that's about when the Soto deal came out, and they, they kept us entertained all the way up to the wire. My goodness. Uh, this is hard to digest in all of it. Oh, and by the way, your kicker for the day is that Whit Merrifield <laughs> is going to the Blue Jays. And you may recall he's one of the 10 Kansas City Royals who was not vaccinated <laughs> and couldn't go play in Toronto. What was that, three weeks ago? Yeah, something like that. And for a kicker, intimated that he would consider it if he was playing a team that had postseason hopes or would be in Toronto potentially in the postseason. Well, now Toronto got a pretty decent shot playing in the postseason, and apparently this man's going to get vaccinated, or maybe he just goes with them on the road only. I don't know. I can't imagine. This isn't Kyrie Irving. I, I, I mean, <laughs> somebody tweeted Kyrie, Kyrie Merrifield. Yeah, yeah. Wits, Wits, pretty good. He's having a, a down year, but he is, he is no Kyrie Irving. It, it, yeah, that was a an awkward last minute kind of deal that that trickled in, but. Uh, it, it has the trade deadline really never disappoints going back to my first one in 
04 sneaking away from a swim party to make sure that no more Garcia Parra was a cub and that this worked out. This is Christmas Day for you, isn't it? Oh, 100%. I was sitting there Sunday. No, I, I was wondering, like, whose birthday am I forgetting? Who's There's something that's supposed to be going on on July 31st. And then it dawned on me, this is trade deadline day, and they had to move it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love this day every year. No, ma. Uh, I was always disappointed that year. I went and, um, man, was it his first game? I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. There was a big ovation for him because I was there at Wrigley, and it was maybe his first game, but it was also Maddox's chance to win number 300, mm. and he didn't. <laughs> I was like, I can do that. I'm here. You can't have it all. Yeah, you, yeah, only yeah. a little bit. Um, it, anyway, I my mind is a bit boggled, but... <laughs> And, and and I think it'll be fun to 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 watch the reaction come in about Contreras and Hap not going, yeah. because if you're a Cubs fan, you're pr- I, I I don't know. Is there any confliction to it? On the one hand, you're going, my guys, they're still here. These these are conceivably again. I will contend. Well, Contreras is a guy you build around in that. First of all, he's a very good bat, but a catcher is always a glue. Mm-hmm. Ian Hap. Career year, I don't know if he's a build-around guy, but a great piece if he continues to be what he is this year. Yep. Uh, okay, so now we got something. <laughs> That's So in that sense, like, great. On the other hand, what could have you done and why didn't you do it? Going into today, uh, the tweets that were trickling in last night made it sound like, okay, Soto's going to end up in L.A., so the, do- or the, the Padres are going to have to make a big move, and maybe they get both Contreras and Ian Happ. And now I, I think it turns to what you said. You, you've got a, a 30-year-old catcher who's been the starting catcher for the NL three times now, really in the middle of his prime. You've got Ian Happ kind of breaking out. He's only 27. He's headed into your prime, and you did a lot of the legwork last year. They got Pete Crow Armstrong from the Mets. There's a center fielder of the future. They got Caleb Killian and Canario from the Giants as part of the KB deal. That gives you a, a bullpen or a rotation piece and a guy in the outfield. And they've really done well drafting the last couple, three years as they've changed their philosophy over to where now you're looking at the offseason. Okay, we didn't give big extensions to those guys that we traded or let walk a couple years ago. We're set up with about... A, I don't even think they have $100 million committed to next year's payroll. So you've got a couple of guys to build around at the major league red level. You've got prospects on the way, and you've got money to play with. So I, I think the Cubs are in a great spot. I Could they have been better if they flipped Wilson Contreras for a, a, a couple of younger, controllable guys? Sure, but I, I think they're set up to where now you've got him the rest of the year. You can give him a qualifying offer. You can extend him. Or you can look at it with Ian Happ again in the offseason if you really want to go all in. But this was kind of where people were wondering with the Cubs. Are you going to bottom, bottom out? And by them not doing this makes me think they want to compete next year more than a lot of people thought they did. This is fascinating. I'm also very curious to what it's like when Wilson Contreras, well, he's already there at this point, walks into the clubhouse tonight. Uh, hey, guys. Pure you joy. Know, yeah. I, uh, I feel great for him because he, he wanted the relief. I, I mean, we, we saw the emotion after the Wrigley game and, and where he's just like, I would just want to be done with this. I mean, he, he's been in the organization half of his life and he wasn't prepared to move on. And now 
now he knows for sure, all right, now my sights are set on November 1st, 2nd, 3rd, whenever free agency officially hits, then it's my choice. I, I think it being left up to the fates in, in the front office, that's, that's what's left him worried, and now he controls his, his destiny from here out. Yeah. Uh, but I, I wonder if there's some sort of weird reverse psychology because every player hates them when they get traded. There's some part of them that says, my team didn't want me, even if it's clear why you're being traded and other teams wanted you. In this case, we couldn't get rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> but or it's not really for, the case. At least for as much as we thought he was worth. Yes, exactly. But still, you're thinking this whole time, I'm going to go, I'm going somewhere, and maybe even get kind of geared up. I'm going to be somewhere, and I'm going to be somewhere that's going to contend. Mm-hmm. And in your mind, you've started to say goodbye. You've had your hugs. You've had your cries. You've started to say goodbye, Chicago. And now all of a sudden, oh, I'm back. <laughs> and that's a whole new sort of like, i got to get the gears moving again. So I think it would be a real test of him as a professional baseball player. Maybe he's relieved to be staying in Chicago, but at the same time, this is a uh, 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 whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> He's a very emotional player to begin with, and we, we've always known that, and we've seen that. And I would just say, based on the comments that he made, uh, along with that emotion, he's a very competitive player, but I, I think his heart was in Chicago. Yeah. He wanted to sign that extension. He wanted to to be a Cub, and now he gets to be a Cub, and, and guys in that locker room love him. Uh, David Ross came up with him. I, I mean, he was his mentor his rookie year back in, in 2016, and now he's got to be his manager, and Wilson's become that mentor for guys like Christopher Morrell and even Aseya Suzuki as he transitions over to the United States. So not the craziness of last year's deadline where the Cubs just completely revamped their roster, but I I don't think it's all that bad for them. If In terms of setup for the future, or at least for the next two years, I would say the Cardinals did the best job because they've kind of solidified themselves as competing for a playoff spot, and then the Cubs are second because you've got a couple pieces now. The White Sox... You're a 500 team that's been a 500 team all year, and and last year in the Twins second half of last year, yeah, and the Twins got really good today. They added three big pitchers. The Guardians didn't do a whole lot, but the White Sox didn't do anything, and you're just kind of wondering where they go now. After you didn't do anything in the off season, yeah, nothing in the off season. And I was trying to think what they did last year. Had the deadline serious flaws all year. Oh, yeah, they traded for Craig Kimbrell, who they gave away for a bucket of balls, another right-handed hitter that they've got 30 of already on their on their roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was ready to come in here and be the, the angry Cardinal fan, but the Montgomery kind of tempers that a little bit. If I'm a White Sox fan, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed in the lack of action. Um, got some volleyball to bring you. There were volleyball media days today in Chicago, uh, a neat event, and you could tell that they were um, – they were thrilled that it was going on, and it wasn't just an aw shucks, look at us, we get to have a media days, and it, but it, that they they held their heads high and and knew that this was something that was deserved, and it's a sport that that um, is getting its rightful attention. So uh, we'll bring you some more audio from that. But I wanted to ask you there about the Cardinals, maybe on behalf of Lauren, but <laughs> obviously the Cardinals could use a serviceable left-handed starter, and now they have <laughs> at least two of them that 
know what they're doing mm-hmm. in in Montgomery and Quintana, but what are the Yankees getting out of this? I guess defensively, they're looking that, to be better outfield. Yeah, one hundred percent. Aaron Judge has been running out there, and he's uber athletic for a six eight guy. You wouldn't expect him to be able to to cover all that center field, but he does it fairly well at Yankee Stadium. But the idea is, yeah, put him in a corner, have somebody take up all that real estate out in center, and when you've got Aaron Judge going for the home run record and you've got, you know, Giancarlo Stanton when he's healthy and DJ LeMayhew and Anthony Rizzo. I mean, they've got hitters in that lineup. They need a, a, a little more defense out there in the outfield, take a little load off of Aaron Judge. I, I, I agree. I'm just asking. I mean, they did get Montes, mm-hmm. but are you really wanting to give up a starter? I, I, I get he's not the front end of the starting rotation. I don't care. Yankees do whatever you want. I'm just asking. <laughs> The, that's that's where their depth is. They they traded a triple A AAA starter yesterday to the Cubs for for Scott Efrost. They just sent down Clark Schmidt, a guy who who's been a, a fourth or fifth starter. They they've got the pitching depth to kind of hold down those three, four, five spots. The Cardinals needed a third starter. They didn't even have a third starter, let alone a fourth or fifth. While the Yankees <laughs> the are running are out here with nine two game series from now on with three days off. Yeah, if, if only they could they could do that. So yeah, it, it was a, a savvy move for the Yankees. I wonder if they thought they were getting Pablo Lopez as well. There were some late rumors that the the righty from the Marlins could be moved and that didn't work out, but the Yankees have, have uh, I'm guessing they think uh, enough starting pitching as well as bullpen. They've really built up bullpens over the last few years and they added to that as well. So, thought they had a strength there and they'll take Bader off their hands who's been with the Cardinals probably going on a decade now. I can't remember exactly when he was drafted. Ian Happ is tweeting Wolf of Wall Street gifts. Um, <laughs> I think it's from the I'm not going anywhere yes. scene. <laughs> I'm not leaving. <laughs> so he apparently is quite happy to be staying in Chicago. That is an appropriate usage uh, of a gif. Okay, when we come back, got some volleyball audio. Um, can I tease something that may or may not happen? Is that allowed? Um, will we? Will we? Will we? Will we? Will everybody be okay if it doesn't happen? And I tell you, maybe we might talk to a football player, but it might not happen. And if it doesn't, it's just because timing won't work out because they moved practice today, mm-hmm. and so they're ending practice now. And so we might get to talk to a football player. If it doesn't happen, I'm guessing we will in the future. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Okay, so there, there. You'll want to hear the conversation if we get to it. If we get and, to it, and if we don't get to it, stick around for our conversation. There you go. That's that's the best we can do here for a tease. Don't know what's on the menu, but you're gonna love it. Stay with <laughs> us. The first ever Big Ten Media uh, Volleyball Media Days. Easy for you to say. All right, uh, was held yesterday at today Illinois had its portion today with head coach Chris Thomas, setter Diana Brown, middle blocker Kennedy Collins. Opening tip, opening serve, that is. <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, opening first serve is... Oct- Got to give all the sports some love, right? <laughs> tip, volleyball, The football, puck drops. Baseball. Yeah, yeah, we'll throw <laughs> some hockey in there. Maybe tennis. On September 27th. Nope, August 27th. I'm done. Let's, let's start this over. I did get up early for all this. All right. <laughs> Chris Thomas, he's a volleyball coach for Illinois. And here's our conversation from Media Days. What do you think of this event so far? Oh, it's been great. I think 
you know, we've been uh, pushing for this for a long time. I don't think I know we've been pushing for this for a long time or just to get uh, more exposure to the sport. And it's, uh, it's a great sport. It's, uh, I think it's the number one participation uh, for juniors uh, level. And so we, we're just looking to keep, you know, raising the bar uh, amongst our conference and uh and just everywhere, really, and and so I think this is a, a great step in that direction. And um, to be the first conference that has done this, I, I just think it's awesome, and it, we're really setting the standard for everyone else to try to follow. And uh, but I but I'm really impressed with the event so far. You know, it's, it's going to seem like a softball question to you, but does this actually more solidify the quality of the Big Ten Conference when it comes to volleyball and maybe the the highest level of women's volleyball in the country? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, the investment has been in there for a long time. And that's not just with, you know, events like this. It's just been more like, you know, the fans are invested, the uh, the whole region's invested. Um, and so it just shows within our crowds, within our results. Uh, this is just another step for us, I believe. Well, catch us up, if you could, on what spring was like for you, because a year ago, spring was a season. (laughs) You didn't get a spring season, uh, get a spring off season. So what was this like for you and the summer? Yeah, you know, the spring was interesting because we had some players that were trying to decide what to do, whether to continue for their fifth year or to graduate. And we had a couple players graduate, Taylor Cooper and uh, Bruna Vrankovic, and um, Diana Stane for her fifth year. And so, you know, everyone's going to be on a different journey in that regard, and um, you know, so and then you know we lose a big piece in Megan Cooney and Kylie Bruder. So, um, you know, it's just a lot about trying to figure out the pieces. And then we added some uh, there at the end too. We got Kayla Burbage transferred from from Missouri, and um, you know they all have been together working in the summertime. And we don't get to be at those workouts. We we just hear about them from uh, the players. But uh, by all accounts, the summer went well, and uh, we're looking forward to getting the gym with them next week. Yeah, I know that's a point of consternation for some coaches, at least the the, the lack of time, hands on time you get in the summer that coupled with the things you just identified and some new faces does it feel like it's a compressed schedule for you now as you enter into the preseason i think it's nothing abnormal i mean it's what we're used to in general um we have a, a decent core returning um, like i mentioned we we lose a couple big pieces uh, on the floor megan and taylor uh, specifically we're two of our three main passers and uh, whenever you lose uh, that passing unit, it can be tough to to replace. But uh, you know, we kind of told them in the summer that if you want to be good, you better <laughs> be good at passing. So um, I know they've been working hard, and we'll see how they how they turn out here next week. Your representatives today are setter Diana Brown, middle blocker Kennedy Collins. I know you can only bring two, but how'd you decide on them? I just think they've uh, exemplify everything that we that we talk about, and and they've been down the show before and be in front of media mm-hmm. and everything else, and. Uh, but you know, it's uh, senior leadership. I think is important, um, and we, we want all of our players to be leaders, of course. Um, but I just felt like they were good rep- representatives of the program, and uh, and uh, you know, able to to have this experience for them too. I think it's important as well. Raina Terry gets all Big Ten preseason honors. Uh, last year, I remember she was starting to attack out of the back row. What's next steps for her? Yeah, we look for. Um, she played six rotations. She just didn't pass uh, quite as much as as we needed her to or or wanted her to um and that's you know part by design to get her freed up out of the back row so uh to have the added load of of being a passer uh it's going to be a big deal for her and to try to make the uh a step to the next level and that can be uh, a whole challenging part to the game and and uh you know she got a little glimpse of that in our last game of the year when megan got uh you know kind of knocked out of our game against nebraska in the sweet 16 she had to play six rotations so she got a little taste uh, she didn't like the taste that left her in her mouth so she's been working hard 
this summer to, to try to fulfill that sixth rotation role. And being that you talk about the passing, if you're Raina Terry, you're thinking about serve receive especially and being ready to be the target there yeah i think you know and, and passing is really difficult right and so the the concern that coaches have is like you said you're going to get targeted all the time and uh you have to be able to handle that mentally that's the, that's the bigger deal but uh, that was a big reason to uh, try to bring in krista van zandt our, our new assistant coach she was a two-time player of the year um, she played that role of that position so um, really wanted wanted someone in that role and to have someone in her caliber um was just you know extraordinary for us to to get and uh, she's already been mentoring Reina and, and other players in that position yeah how do you uh, uh, how does she get on your radar for this year and <laughs> and in your your history and I realize you may be getting on to your next event here so I don't want to take too much of your time but sure. she, that's a big hire yeah it's you know I knew she's in the conference I knew she knew the landscape I just pretty much called a lot of the club directors and, and coaches in the area and just see who you know who do you like that's recruited for in the area and her name came up a bunch and um, I had some other uh, coaching uh, colleagues that have worked with her before and her name came up a bunch and so just kind of reached out to see if she was interested and, and she was and it just kind of worked out from there. Uh, we've, you've mentioned the returning names that we've talked about but any uh, new names or names that haven't been mentioned as much in the past couple of years that might be playing key roles this year? Yeah I think uh, there'd be a couple you know we, we have to uh, replace like I said the two out there so I'd, um uh, and Teta Cooper and Megan Cooney, and so we need to replace those roles for sure. Um, I think it'd like be a mixture. You know, we got Caroline Barnes uh, probably fulfilled that libero role. Uh, Becca Sakota, Sophie Gregus, and maybe in the DS role. Uh, Brooke Mosier, redshirt last year. Um, she, we recruited her as a setter, but she's very talented uh, as a, as. Uh, doing other things as well so okay. we we may use her in a variety of different ways and then Kayla Burbage was a middle for for Missouri but uh, towards the end of the season she got moved opposite and that's what we brought her here to do is play opposite so and she did a little bit of that with USA Volleyball this summer so uh, you're going to see some some new faces out there playing some big roles we'll be talking plenty Chris congratulations on media days and thanks for your time thanks for coming appreciate it all right, to less than a month to first serve. They'll open up with a very good Georgia Tech team mm-hmm. and then Ole Miss on opening weekend, and then they go to the Pac-12 Challenge. At least for now it's the Pac-12. Uh, but you get Colorado and one other Pac-12 team that well, I forgot to mention. It, isn't it all of the non-conference weekends they face at least one team that was in the NCAA tournament. I think, I think that's something right. Something like that. So you, they're going to be they're going to be tested throughout. We know the Big Ten will test them, but and you have to, you just have to with the way RPI and all that. Yeah, works out. they got the old school RPI. Yeah, yeah. And look at how Illinois is done in the Big Ten under Chris Thomas. They've won more than they've lost. They're finishing in the upper half of the Big Ten, but they're not winning the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. But what has happened is. Uh, they've they've played their best volleyball in November and December. Mm-hmm. So you find your way into the Sweet 16 in a, quote, surprise to maybe the outsiders. You find your way into the Final Four. They were back in Sweet 16 last year. I did ask him about, would you like to be winning the Big Ten as well as making the tournament? And, you know, he just he kind of hinted at as there's there's been circumstantial things. They've lost key players to injuries at times and what, what have you. So... Um, the the Big Ten is so good. I don't know. It's kind of the reverse almost of what's happened with men's basketball in the last few years where they've won in the Big Ten but not been as successful in the postseason tournaments. Which would you rather have? The answer is both. 
Right. I want both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Give I, me I, both. Yeah, I don't want to uh, pick between the two. It's like picking between your your favorite children because you want to you want to have both of them. So yeah, I don't uh, I I don't think either a, either program are necessarily reaching as far as they want to, but they're not disappointed with what they've done over the last couple, three seasons. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll get, get you some more with Diana Brown as we progress here on Sports Talk. Air quality right now, how is it outside? More important, how is it inside in your home? I know the allergens are going to start coming back. In my house, I was trying to keep a watch on that. Also, we've got pets Many factors can affect the air quality in your home. Some of them you can't even see. You can learn more at CU Trade Services about how you can improve the air quality in your home with train products, which is what they furnish to their customers. They are certified train dealers. It's the only products they use, and they are experts in them with all the warranties and guarantees that are backed up by train as well. See you trade services. Now would be a good time here before uh, we start cutting the corn and all that other stuff to work, to figure out how you can improve indoor air quality for you. And don't forget, might be time to get on that maintenance plan for your furnace. Yeah, I know how hot it is right now, but think ahead. You don't want to be caught off guard when we suddenly get into the cool days. So get on the schedule right now for CU Trade Services and their maintenance plan and avoid the big charges later with some regular maintenance that you can have some peace of mind with. CU Trade Services, cutradeservices.com. And just a teaser for you. you, may have heard if you listened to the morning show Monday, but on Wednesday, August 24th, we will be participating in the Battle for the Paddle. We'll be in downtown Champaign on Taylor Street. That's uh, the walking portion of it uh, right around the corner from Farron's and the new Co-Fusion. And it'll be a Battle of the Paddle with a bunch of table tennis going on and a lot of uh, well-known Folks participating in that all to benefit United Way of Champaign County, doing this in partnership with Hickory Point Bank. So we'll be live and on location. That's the Wednesday before the opener for football. Scott and Evan here with you. Uh, Whit Merrifield going for the Kansas City Royals, as we uh, quipped about in the first segment and uh, I don't know. That means you need a new second baseman. <laughs> saying you got one in your system. Former line Michael Massey. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Just suggesting. I haven't seen anything yet on the replacement moves. Have you? Mm, they... No, no. Uh, but he was called up when there were 10 guys who <laughs> weren't available. Uh, I think long term they, they see him projecting out maybe in a year or so. But I don't know. Maybe with the way he's been playing that they would accelerate him and it depends on how they see the needs being filled at second and third base mm. so they got some other guys in the system your guess is as good as mine probably better well and now they at least they've got a 40-man spot open i don't know if that's filled by michael massey but they've got a, a spot for somebody to to be called up so um as well let's see what do we got going yadier molina is back in the lineup for the Cardinals, mm-hmm. and gee, who's the starting pitcher tonight? It's Adam Wainwright, <laughs> Cubs and Cardinals tonight. Uh, at uh, that's at Bush, right? So 
Yeah, and I I was prepared to give my first ever lock when it comes to gambling today, but I wouldn't bet against the Cubs. <laughs> I I figured, you know, Ian Happ's gone, Wilson Contreras is gone, maybe a couple starters, a couple bullpen pieces. I was going to say, you know, lock guaranteed lock Cardinals over the Cubs tonight, but I I wouldn't I I wouldn't jump to that. They got Keegan Thompson on the bump again. Every the, the whole band's in the lineup and we know you can you can throw out the record books when it comes to rivals. You know, that is true. Uh, but this is a game where I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it. No, I there's still so I, much No, I wouldn't I wouldn't so go much, either way. No. Uh there's too much uh juice. Baseball betting's a, a terrible idea to begin well, with. Well, it it is in a logical sense to begin maybe, with. But this maybe the game Nationals. Is, you could bet against the Nationals today. That'd probably be a pretty good bet. Yeah, I think they may be waving the white flag at this point. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's baseball, so they could come out and they could win be, 9 to 1. Wouldn't it just be terrible to be a Nationals fan? Yeah. It's one thing, I okay, you don't want to keep a generational player, but you haven't wanted to keep anybody else. You won a World Series, but unlike the Cubs who won a World Series, and and as I said to Lauren in the first hour, if you don't like how the Cubs have gone about it, I understand, but can you see what they're trying to do? Can you connect the dots? Mm-hmm. You can see their logic. It may be faulty, but you can see what they're trying to do. I don't know what the Nationals are doing, well, except it, just not paying people. They they went so all in on winning that 2019 World Series. I mean, they depleted their farm system. They they brought everybody out up, but as you said, they let them all walk. They let Bryce Harper walk at 25. They traded Juan Soto at 23. They let Anthony Rendon walk at 28. I mean, they've had these guys. They traded Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. I, I know Scherzer's in his 30s, but he's a Hall of Famer, and Trey Turner... Also, in his 20s, like the Cubs had seen it through. They realized this group wasn't working, whereas the Nationals are like, fine, we won't play Bryce Harper, and we'll make the first trade of an all-star under 24 in MLB history. And, yeah, and now they're just kind of sitting there hoping. And this is why, if you're a Cardinals fan, I, I think you should be mad that they, they didn't go in all on Soto. I know they got a starter, but you don't know if Jordan Walker is going to pan out. You don't know if Matt Libertor is going to become a 1-2 or a 3 starter. You know Juan Soto is one of the best hitters in the entire world. And now... The Nationals have a whole lot of question marks with them. So did the Cubs, but at least they had Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras, and they made some some moves. So now it's it's the waiting game for the Nationals, and and still f- kind of for for the Cubs a- as well. But still can't believe the White Sox didn't well, make any moves. I'm mad at the Orioles for trading Trey Mancini. So He's- Padres are my new team because <laughs> I just love what they're doing. I just love it. I just love how they're going. Let's go try to be the best baseball team. Yeah, and and for all the talk, you know, small market, they made this move. I I know they got rid of Hosmer, but I still can't imagine they got under the luxury tax. But the owner said, who cares? We have a chance to win a World Series, and we're going to do it. And that's the whole point of getting in the game, is to win the last game of the season. Not Not to just, oh, we've made October, and we only have one losing season this century. Have any of those memories over the last 10 years equated what you felt in 2011? Probably not. It's all about winning the World Series. Yep. I'm still not entirely over 1984 with the Padres, and I'm not entirely over Eric Schau. But I'm yeah, willing so to be a fan. You, yeah, yeah. I'm still willing one. to be a fan because the Cubs are out of it, is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Different divisions. Mm-hmm. So I'm Padres are my new favorite team besides the Cubs. 
You there gotta, we go. Do you like the brown? You got to go buy a, a brown Padres jersey? I actually liked, before they switched back, I thought they really got it down. That nice blue that they had going. Yeah. They, with the with the orange. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was really nice, but I'm fine with it because there's nobody else doing it. And it I like unique. it when you lean in. I do like when you lean in on what you are colors-wise. Yeah, and at least I don't have to wear it. So. <laughs> okay, Diana Brown is the setter for the Illinois volleyball team back for a redshirt senior year. And we're going to play a conversation we had with her at Volleyball Media Days uh, actually didn't do a ton of volleyball discussion, as it were, but just more about her perspective on on her career and, and things going forward. Remember, she's going to be a doctor. That's the trajectory she's on. Always a great conversation when we talk with her. That's ahead. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. All right, here she is, Diana Brown, entering into a redshirt senior year as Illinois Volleyball's setter. And we chatted today at Media Days for the Big Ten Volleyball Conference. First ever event of this type. What's the feeling for you to be selected to be here and just to see this for your sport? Um, obviously very honored and blessed, but, um, you know, we play a team sport. And so a lot of times when you're asked to do something individually, it's kind of uh, foreign and yeah. uncommon. And so um, to be selected for this, I felt... Um, you know, I felt like I was trusted as um, a veteran on the team and to represent our team and our program and our university well. And so I knew Kennedy was going to do that, too. So, um, you know, I I think for volleyball to get a Big Ten Media Day, um, I almost want to say, like, finally. <laughs> um, but I think this is just the beginning. That's totally fair. Um, does it feel like volleyball is getting a bigger piece of the pie in following and media attention and all that? I believe so. Um, just the stuff I see on social media and the internet, it, it seems like our numbers are always growing every single year and throughout the months and, um, you know, h- having more games aired this year and the more exposure we can have to the public, I think the more people are going to watch it because volleyball is exciting. It's There's a point every single play. And so um, I think that we need more, um, but you can't get too greedy. Um, but I think that with the exposure that sports has in this world, I think it's possible to get more. I heard uh, somebody reference that this is maybe the number one sport played among young girls women is that something you think of uh, when you think of uh, the kids coming up these days honestly I would believe that if someone told me I think uh, especially where I come from that is very very common to play volleyball when you're younger and I think it's becoming more common to stay in volleyball Um, you know when I was younger I played basketball soccer I swam I played tennis and all that you kind of try out your sports but I feel as though that the club scene and the high school scene were just growing continuously. And that's what I understand for Illinois, too. Um, but across the nation, you know, we, uh, we're we getting more girls on the East Coast, and there's a lot of girls on the West Coast and in Texas and stuff like that. So I would believe if someone told me that. Talking with Diana Brown, Illinois setter here, I know that you're in a demanding major, and, and I don't know what the future lies for you vocation-wise, but do you wish there were more pro opportunities in the United States? I know Athletes Unlimited right. has gotten going, but right. does this country need a, a pro league? Yes, the bottom line, yes, period. Um, I 
yeah, I actually graduated and I'm in my master's classes right now, but um, I would like to be a physician. And so just going forward, knowing that, um, you know, maybe if we did have a, a pro league that was a little bit more, um, not as new, um, well-established and uh, kind of, I, I mean, from what I understand, Athletes Unlimited is run very well. Um, but I maybe would have opened up the opportunity to play a, a pro. I'm not too fond of going overseas to play. And so um, maybe if we did have a little bit more, you know, more than one pro league here, uh, I think I would have opened the opportunity. What is different for you, if anything, compared to other teammates or other conference players who want to end up overseas, who want to end up on national Olympic yeah. teams, where for you, there is an end of the road <laughs> athletically yeah. at some point? Yeah. I think we all need to come to realize that there is the end of the road for all of us, and just, um, but it's not the same place for all of us. And so I, I've honestly wanted to be a physician since I was like 10. And so, um, but I also wanted to pursue my love for volleyball. And so my opportunity to um, get a great education and play Big Ten volleyball, I was definitely going to get that. I know you got to get to your next event. So <laughs> I got to ask you one actual volleyball this okay. season question. I know we'll get to talk to you more, but just yeah. your vibe yeah. coming into this uh, preseason camp yes. uh, uh, set of practices. Yes. Um, the vibe. We've been talking a lot about um, the Sweet 16 as being our standard. It's no longer just making the tournament. Um, we've kind of established ourselves as a threat in the tournament, and so we want to keep that alive. And um, But you can't overlook anyone. Um, any given day, someone can beat another team. And so, especially in our conference, you never know what game you're going to get every night. And so, But that's the fun of it. Um, in the Big Ten, and so I think the vibe is just um, a lot of focus on ourselves, but um, can we enforce our will on other teams? Diana Brown, thank you for your time. Congratulations on being here. Thanks. The first ever Big Ten Volleyball Media Days, and we were glad to be a part of it with Chris Thomas, Diana Brown, and Kennedy Collins. And that's going to do it for this edition of Sports Talk. Just got word that Brad Underwood will have some time with the media tomorrow as nice. summer workouts wrap up. So we'll get uh, thoughts from him on on all of that. And more football talk, too. Uh, I expect to bring you something from quarterbacks that were made available today. But I think practice ended a little late. We were hoping to be able to talk to one or two. But not going to happen today. Anyway. That's been a little bit of a day here in sports, hasn't it? Yeah, very, very weird day, uh, to say the least. But action-packed, always enjoy that. And now we're focused on specifically baseball for the next 60 days to see what 12 teams make the postseason. Be a lot of fun. Hey, appreciate it, sir. Yes, thank you. Thanks to Lauren Tate. Our guest in the first hour is Matt Brown. This hour we heard from Chris Thomas and Diana Brown. Last hour we also heard from Kennedy Collins and Kevin Warren. And we are back at it tomorrow at 4 o'clock. White Sox and Kansas City Royals are coming up at 6.30 tonight right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. Have a great one, everybody.